1: Welcome to Money Sense, I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building, and also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building across from Winkies. We also service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. If you would like to know more, you can go to ellenbecker.com for more details. My guest today is Annalie Krieger. She is an author. Her newest book is called The Invisible Patient. And she is also the president and founder of Care right, Inc. She also works in Milwaukee and surrounding communities in Florida. Annalie has worked with many of our clients. She also did a Money Sense radio show during the COVID series that I did talking about the impact that COVID was having on patients. And I've asked her to join us today because she has personal experience um, with her mom and her dad that have been in the care system. And I thought that this was such a good time because we're all noticing the healthcare system and our parents. And of course, we've got the holidays coming. And so, Annalee, I guess, talk a little bit about why you got into this, why you wrote the book. And then let's talk about what you're seeing and the impact that COVID has had on the healthcare. And, you know, Annalee is in terms of Ellen Becker Investment Group. We have, you know, just so many clients that come to us, of course, to look at their estate planning documents. And of course, we talk about powers of attorney for health care and finances. And we talk about the growth of the portfolio and meeting their expectations and meeting their dreams. And we work really hard to do that. And we can do that by the way we invest and in understanding the risk they want to take. The one thing that we can't do is monitor their health. They really do need to take responsibility for their own health, because all the money in the world, as we saw, can't change it. And sometimes all the money in the world can't even get you the best doctors and the best healthcare, right. especially yeah. if it's not there. To get. And so I really want to talk about the importance of people being an advocate, people doing the things that they need to do to stay healthy. And so I'm going to let you talk now. <laughs>
0: so funny. <laughs> well, thank you for having me back on. I really appreciate it. I love any opportunity I can get to help educate consumers so that you all can make more informed decisions. So one of your questions at the beginning Karen was what's my why basically. So um, and why I did and why did I start my company and why did I write the book? So my company is called CareRight Incorporated. I was a social worker and executive director and marketing director in long-term care for 18 years before I started CareRight in 2010. And every day when I was an employee working in corporate America and healthcare Families would come in, they'd need a tour of the facility or of the care community, and they were overwhelmed because there was a medical crisis and their parent was in the hospital, and the tour would only take an hour, but I would spend two and three hours at a time with each family because they had no idea if mom or dad had a living will, power of attorney, long-term care insurance, What's the plan when they get done with rehab? They didn't understand dementia. So I was spending all this time with families just trying to do the tour. (laughs) And it occurred to me that we really need to have these family meetings ahead of time before that medical crisis, because it's bound to happen at some point. Very few people can age unscathed
1: by having a medical
0: crisis, right? So when you look at everyone, you know, someone's been in the hospital for something, whether it's a fall, a urinary tract infection, dementia progression, skin issues, diabetes, whatever. So it's bound to happen. So we might as well just it front on and be proactive. So I started CareWrite in 2010 to work with families all across the country using technology. Back then I used Skype. Now I use Zoom. For the last like five, six years I've used Zoom. But it's really developing an aging plan by having me as a neutral third-party person facilitate the family meeting. Why? Because there's too many Emotional dynamics or family dynamics that come into play. We're seeing many more like hybrid families with stepkids and, and half siblings and so forth. So, oftentimes, these families are not communicating about the what ifs of aging. We also facilitate the family meeting as a neutral third party person because we know what you need to know, and we know how to help you make informed decisions. It's hard for families to have their own family meeting when they don't understand the complexity of healthcare, what their care options are, what insurance will pay, what you have to pay out of pocket. And then just having those family conversations to talk about you know, developing a plan who's going to do what, when mom's dementia progresses, or when dad has his next stroke, who's going to do what. So that's, that's what we talk about during an aging plan. Obviously, most people want to age in place at home. They want to stay at home as long as they can. Why that's important to talk about the pros and cons of that is because um, it's expensive to do that. It's expensive to... Pay a companion to sit with you 24 7 when the time comes that you need that. We also know that the cost of companion care used to be $21 to $28 an hour. Now I'm seeing it anywhere from $30 to $40 an hour because of COVID and needing to pay their employees more to retain them, right? So COVID has really done a number on the healthcare industry. We also help families with determining what level of care you need and what if mom needs one level of care and dad needs memory care, what care facility are options for you based on what you can afford. And then like Karen and and Ellen Becker does, you know, we make sure that you've got your estate documents in order. All of your information is combined into a grab and go binder and it's organized and discussed with the family. So that's, that's my why of, of starting care, right. and, And, aging planning Um, You also asked me my why of what led me to write The Invisible Patient. So it's called The Invisible Patient, The Emotional, Financial, and Physical Toll on Family Caregivers. Family caregivers, by the time they get referred to me or by the time they find me, they're really overwhelmed. They're scared. They're usually depressed. They're anxious, and they definitely feel loneliness because they're in this journey all by themselves, whether they feel like their family isn't helping them enough or because they've been a caregiver for so long they've lost their friendships their sense of community their tribe right so i wrote the invisible patient because i've had literally thousands of families say i wish there was a manual on how to take care of mom and dad So I also know that I can't reach every single family because they might not know about me as a resource or CareWrite as a resource, or they may want to try to do this whole aging planning thing on their own. So there's over 40 pages of this 255 page book that is really just a how-to guide. What is an aging plan? What's the family agenda that you should that you should have if you try to embark on this aging plan journey on your own? How do you interview home care companies? What questions should you ask when you take tours of care communities? How many times should you tour care communities? This just packed with bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. What are the different levels of care? How do I know when it's time to have mom or dad? have these kind of what-if conversations. So the the book, tr- I try to outline all of that for you in case you decide that you want to try to do that on your own, knowing that that's going to be very difficult for families. So I'm still here as a resource.
1: You know, Annalee, when my father had pancreatic cancer and he... Absolutely did not want to go to the hospital. He wanted to stay home. He figured he'd had four kids, three girls and one boy, and a wife, and we should be able to take care of him. And we tried our best to align ourselves with what his wishes were. And it was so difficult. And as I look back, we were the ones that said. It wasn't a money issue. It was trying to do what my dad wanted. And my dad did not want to die from pancreatic cancer. So he was very angry on top of it that this had happened. And afterwards, it was simple things that were so made so much sense that we didn't do. For example, we spent all of us lifting my dad up out of bed to try to get him into the wheelchair to take him to help him with a shower. And finally, we did get some home care and the lady rolled them on a plastic sheet, which was nothing more than a shower curtain and pulled them right up, pulled them right up. And we looked at ourselves and we thought, oh, my God, sometimes it's the even the simplest things that we don't understand. And in the meantime, we were hurting ourselves and hurting him Mm -hmm. doing so many things. So a book like that, because you love somebody so much, you want to you want to do what they want and there are simple things that you might be able to do, at least in the beginning. Um, but I think in the end, my dad was depressed, and I think we were all depressed and feeling isolated because we didn't know if we were doing the right thing.
0: It is hard And family, you know, family dynamics. You, you would hope that the aging process brings families together, but I'm here to end t- so that they could work as a team. But I'm here to tell you that that's often not the case. That's not often how this all goes down. There's so many of us we want to do right by our parents, right? Because they took care of us when we were little. Now it's our turn to give back. But I think that it's still important for everyone's health and safety because you all could have gotten hurt. And he could have, too, right, right? with those transfers because you just didn't know what you didn't know. But what I think is important, because I I feel the same way, you know, I want to do as much as I can for my parents within a healthy reason with it within a healthy amount right. So I like take a list and this is what I encourage families to do too: write down a list of what all do you do as a caregiver. And, and a lot of families don't realize that everything that they do is caregiving, going to get the mail, going to get dad more toilet paper, um, taking time off work to go take him to doctor's appointments. All of those things are caregiving. And so you know, I encourage families, jot down a list and rate it. I don't mind cooking him meals because I like to cook and that's something we can do together. Okay. What do I do that I'd rather not have to do? Like maybe help dad in the toilet or, and that's part of what we do with the aging plan is what do you want to take off your caregiver plate so that you can keep your relationship, how you want it to be and maintain your, your energy and, and their dignity.
1: Let's take a quick break and then let's talk about what you've seen with the impact of COVID. I would really appreciate it if you could give us kind of an inside view as to how that's unfolded and what changes do we need to make and what changes does the healthcare system need to make and the institutions where people are going, the Uh retirement communities and the healthcare communities. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense, I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Anna Lee Kruger, who is the president and founder of CareRight Incorporated. And she just recently wrote a fantastic book called The Invisible Patient. And you know, Annalee, I have to tell you this year, I'd be so happy to put 2021 behind me because I had so many healthcare issues and a misdiagnosis. And because it was almost a three month saga, I got tired of asking my kids to drive me places. I, I became, I really did start to get very depressed. And I felt isolated because I couldn't drive because of medications. And I really, I really get what you're talking about. And I was not a very good advocate for myself. If I look back now, I would do things differently. But the most important thing that I realized was when you have a long-term illness, you do start to feel bad about asking people to do things mm-hmm. for you.
0: Right. I'm, I'm so sorry you went through all that. Um, but you're you're right. It, it's isolating. It's depressing. It's overwhelming. You're like, is this my new baseline? Is this what I have to look forward to? Or am I going to get better? My client is the whole family, right? But when I ask mom and dad, the Ethel and the Marvins, what are your goals as you age? They want to age in place at home, but they also don't want to be a burden on their kids. Well, guess who calls me for an aging plan? the adult kids (laughs) because they're burned out because they're like having to take time off work or every time they want to go on vacation, they get that phone call that mom's in the hospital again. And they're like, now what are we going to do? And spouses, even the best of spouses are only supportive for so long. It just gets really expensive. And that's again, another value of the aging plan is Let's avoid all of that. What are those options so that you have the independence and the dignity that you want and that you need? That's part of that aging plan process.
1: You know, Annalee, we've been looking a lot at our employees and at health. We have a, a commitment for having a healthier lifestyle, both out of work and in work. And one of the things is is that you have to take care of yourself. And so, so many of our clients take their vacations to go and be with their parents or to take their turn and they come back exhausted and go to work. And so often kids can't communicate together. They each have a different idea based on their relationship with their parent.
0: Right. I bring people together, help you communicate better, help you understand what your options are based on What do we have for family resources? Does someone in the family want to come in and and help take care of mom or dad? Or what do we want to keep on your caregiver plate? And what do you want to take off your caregiver plate? But those family dynamics, I'm telling you, that's, (laughs) that's what takes so long with these family meetings. Number one, family dynamics. Everybody has their own perception of how well mom and dad are doing and how well they aren't. They have their own perception of what is quality of life, and the kids have their own perception also of how their inheritance should be spent. So when kids take their vacation and they go see really how their parents are doing, it's usually a very eye-opening experience, especially following COVID with all this lockdown and travel and most often your parents aren't doing as well as you would like to think that they are. And it took COVID for families to wake up and say, oh my gosh, we need to have an aging plan because mom and dad aren't doing well at home. We can't find caregivers. And some some of these care communities weren't doing admissions because they didn't have enough staff to take care of the people that they had already in house. So COVID really disrupted families and it disrupted um, the healthcare industry in not great ways.
1: When you think about what you experienced with COVID, can you share that the the concern? Because we couldn't see our parents, we couldn't see our loved ones unless we could. They were on the first floor, and you could look through a window, and they didn't have the technology to do it or the ability. What are the things that you've learned through COVID, and what are the things that caregivers and Spouses and children, adult children need to know. What I saw during COVID was mortifying. So when I say I'm
0: mortified, these seniors that were in healthcare centers, they're not being repositioned. They weren't being toileted often. They didn't have staff or the staff wouldn't toilet them. They were being left in the hospital beds all day. They were getting pressure sores. Um, I mean, it was a mess because there just wasn't enough staff. In healthcare, we are seeing tremendous, tremendous turnover in key leadership positions like executive director, nurse manager, memory care directors. And when you have massive turnover and inconsistent leadership like that, you've got these companions or these CNAs basically running the place. And that's, that's where quality care is going to be compromised because they're They also aren't properly managed because there's no one there to manage them. So it's the wild, wild west in most of these care communities. So we'll use my mom as an example. Mom and dad came down here to Florida. Two weeks after they got here, my mom fell. She broke her shoulder. Lots of in and outs of the hospital. She was also misdiagnosed. I had to take her to the ER three times before they finally found that she had fractured her shoulder she went into rehab, then she went into a memory care facility. And for the year and a half that she was in memory care, they've had four executive directors, four memory care directors, four wellness nurses in a year and a half. And Most of that time, there were two and three and four month gaps between when they filled those positions. So it's truly the wild, wild west in there. She ended up with seven pressure sores. She was falling every two weeks. I mean, it was a mess. They didn't do her medications properly. And we couldn't get in there because even as a professional patient advocate, we weren't deemed essential. I called the ombudsman because that's my next level up when I do patient advocacy. Ombudsmen were also not deemed essential. And the state surveyors weren't deemed essential either in that they were only doing infection control surveys. So when I called the state to notify them and submitted the report, the 35-page report on all the complaints that I had and examples, they the state didn't even come in for eight months because of COVID. They were that backed up. When I called the state to make the complaints about the quality of care for not only my mom, but what I could see in the building as well, the state, the lady that takes the intakes on complaints said that they get 200 calls a day. So I created these advocacy, like how to advocate for yourself, for your loved one classes, (laughs) for consumers, because you have to know what medications your loved one is on. And I also strongly encourage with all of my clients that you put a camera in the home, whether your loved one is still at home home or they're in a care community, you need to get a camera in there. When we do the facility matrix project and the market research for our clients on these care communities, we, we have a camera column because it's like, okay, do you allow cameras? And some of them do, and some of them don't, but I encourage everyone who has an aging loved one or a vulnerable adult to get a camera. Cause you need to know what's going on in there fourth executive director finally consented to allow me to put a camera in her room. And that's how I found out that the staff were pulling her walker and putting it in the bathroom when they put her in either her recliner in or in her bed at night. And she was falling because she didn't have her walker with her. So that's just a personal example of why it's important to know what you're up against if you're in a care community and not to scare you But these places are short-staffed, and so what most of my clients also are paying is private duty, to have a private duty one-on-one companion. So their care cost has doubled since the pandemic, but just because you're paying double doesn't mean you have quality.
1: Well, and you really can't take your loved one out, even though that's what you want to do, because... You don't know where to go and what the next step would be. So let's talk about that after the break. My guest today is Annalee Kruger, and she has just written a great book, Invisible Patient. She is the president of CareRight Inc. And uh, how do they get in touch with you, Annalee?
0: So the easiest way would be through my website. It's carerightinc.com, and that's C-A-R-E-R-I-G-H-T-I-N-C.com. There's a contact us button like so that you can schedule your complimentary 30-minute consult. So everything that I do one-on-one with clients, I've created classes so that people can pay for those classes and try to do it themselves or at least learn how to advocate for themselves or tour, tour these facilities with confidence. And you can just reach out to me on that, on my website.
1: That's great. And we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Anna Lee Kruger, and she is the president and founder of Care Right Incorporated. She wrote a great book, The Invisible Patient, which you can get online, which is an absolutely great resource for yourself. But if you also know somebody who has been really dealing with the issues, and often we don't know what to say, we often say, just let me know if I can help you. But one of the things that you might do is purchase the book and give them the book so that they they have a resource that they could take their time, work through it and see where they can find themselves within the book. And Ali, what if somebody has someone, a parent, a loved one in a um, facility right now? What are our rights? What can we do?
0: So you want to know what your resident rights are. So you want to know that you have the right to see your doctor. You have are supposed to have the right to see your family, but COVID took all of these resident rights away. You do have the right to go to activities. Again, COVID took those rights away. Um, so now that these care communities are opening up a little bit more, um, you should be able to start easing back into activities, going to the dining room for meals, getting engaged again with your, your friends and neighbors there in your... Your care community that you might reside in if you have a loved one in a care community or you're listening to this and you are that person in the care community you know what's important is to just make sure that you're very vocal and that you're a bold advocate for yourself if you have questions about your medication or a nurse or a med tech is giving you a pill that you don't recognize. Ask what that's for. If, you're, if you want to see your physician, all of these care communities contract with clinics. And so they have physicians that come in and, and make rounds. So if you want to see the physician because you're not feeling well, you have the right to do that. You also have the right to have proper care. And so one thing that I do with my clients, um, and you can do for yourself as well, is turn on that call button and see how long it takes. I've had it take an hour and 50 minutes before doing a call light audit, a test, to see how long it takes for the staff to answer the call light. These call buttons are electronic, so they can pull reports to see what is the response time. So you can always ask for that too. Like how often is mom on her call light? The other thing is you have the right to have a care conference. So if you want to have a staff meeting, because you're like, look, I don't understand what the care plan goals are, what the therapist is trying to accomplish. You can facilitate these care conferences with the care team that you have there in the care community. That's often what we do when we start with a new client, because we need to get what is the baseline? What What do we have here as far as the situation? So I'll schedule a care conference with a care team. And that way I've got all the therapists, the nurse, the social worker, everybody right there in a meeting and say, okay, catch me up to speed. You have the right to have that care conference. They are quarterly in a skilled nursing center. They're quarterly, but you have the right to ask any questions that you have, and you have to be a bold advocate. And this is why, because again, There's so much turnover in these care communities in leadership, you know, and so there's even more amounts of neglect and no one knows because if they're vulnerable adults, they can't advocate for themselves. And if you're a family member and you're naive and you think, well, I'm paying this facility 10 grand a month. Of course, they're taking care of mom. Just know that with COVID, this is what the, this is the condition of healthcare now is you have to be even more than ever a bold advocate for yourself or for your loved one. And I have all these daughters and little 82 year old wives that are like, but I, I'm just not wired that way. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be a lot more assertive if you expect your loved one to get quality care.
1: Makes me so sad to (laughs) think about that happening. And it isn't because they don't want to provide the care and the premium services. A lot of it is that it's just changed. Annalie let's take a quick break. And when we come back, We're just made our way through Thanksgiving and we're going to be looking at the Christmas holidays, which is a a major time when children try to get there to visit their parents and they want to do things. Is there a checklist? Are there some ideas that you could give my listeners to help them to be able to maybe hear what's not being said and see what isn't the obvious? Because I even know when my mom and dad, they used to cover for each other. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they had their own system. And so, unless you <laughs> kind of got them apart, you didn't really know what was going on. And with that, we'll take a break. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And this is a really important subject to me because we work so hard to. Um, build people's portfolios to help them reach their dreams. And so often it is um, eroded so much by healthcare costs. And more than that, um, so often people do build a beautiful nest egg and one um, of the individuals gets sick or something happens and they really don't get that opportunity to enjoy it. And so I really want to say that it really is your responsibility to look at your own health care and to be an advocate for yourself and to ask those questions, but to exercise and to stay healthy so that you don't have to deal with some of these issues that Anna Lee is dealing with, with so many of her clients. And I have to tell you an absolutely cute story to make everybody smile. But when my dad was sick with pancreatic cancer, and eventually we were there when to help my mom when my dad would take a shower and one day she said Karen Karen come here quickly and she handed me my father's bathrobe and she said hurry she said because dad's going to be done quick put it in the dryer so that it's warm when he puts it on and I stood there and I looked at her and I ran over to the dryer and I warmed up my dad's bathrobe and gave it to my mother. And I looked at her and I said, does dad warm your bathrobe when you take a shower? And she said, well, of course not. And I thought, Oh my God, (laughs) my mother had been warming my father's bathrobe all his life. When he got out of a shower, that was something I didn't know. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, if my mother passed away, my father would be miserable because none of his daughters were ever going to warm his bathroom. You know, you don't know until you know when you're there yeah. what their routine is yeah. and, um, and how are you going to blend into that routine? So I know there's got to be a checklist for kids coming home during the holidays and trying to understand. And so often, some of the most critical things just aren't being said. When
0: I do aging planning meetings with clients and develop their aging plan, we have that whole kind of what is your, what are your personal preferences? What's your daily routine? Because you know what, if your mom passed before your dad, you wouldn't know what all kind of special things she did for him and vice versa. So it's helpful when we do those aging plan, I have a whole like checklist that I go through with clients. Like, what is your routine? What do you like to have? I mean, simple, like literally detailed. When do you get up in the morning? Do you have a certain way that you like to sleep? Like, for example, in my grab and go binder, if I can't ever communicate, (laughs) I want my family to know, and I've told them. I have to sleep with a body pillow that's and a fan. Like I have to have that to be able to have a good quality sleep. So, it, but it's all those little things in life that if you don't jot those down and, and communicate them with your family, they're never going to know. And that's, that's all part of quality of life. Right. And so with the holidays coming up with, when you're visiting with your parents, here's kind of a down and dirty checklist of things to look for or be observant for number one, depression coming out of this coming out of covid more and more seniors are depressed they've been isolated they're lonely they've lost friends through covid or through passing in general i mean there there's just a lot of depression in our senior population look for anxiety do they seem fretful look for weight loss do their clothes still fit like if you haven't seen your parents for a couple of years because that's how it, long it's been for a lot of people These adult kids, like my phone rings off the hook. They're like, oh my gosh, the obvious stuff. Mom and and dad have lost weight. Or dad's the caregiver to mom and he just doesn't look good at all. Well, of course not. He's gonna be burned out. No family should ever be surprised when the primary caregiver takes ill. Like that's just a no brainer. That's going to be what happens if you don't have a plan in place to avoid that caregiver burnout. So look for weight loss. How do those clothes fit? Actually do a whole house tour, make flush toilets, run the garbage disposal, run the dishwasher, run all of of the equipment and all of the appliances to make sure that they actually work. Um, Also, look in the bathroom. Are they taking medications that are expired? Look in the pantry. Are they eating expired food? look in the refrigerator, are they eating expired food? Ask them, you know, how is it you get, your? what systems do you have in place? Like how do you get your prescriptions renewed? Does your parent have the ability to call the doctor every month to get those monthly renewals taken care of? Or does your loved one have memory impairment? Look for signs of memory impairment. Do they have little post-it notes or sticky notes or postcard notes written all over the house if so that's your clue that that's how they have to try to remember things so if you can have some conversation about finances make sure that you can try to look in the checkbook or look online to see how they're spending their money so that they don't get scammed look to see what their mail system is are there stacks of mail all over the place if so that should be your clue that hey they can't manage mail Outside the house. Look around the outside. Do windows need to be replaced? Shutters? How's the roof? How's the driveway? Look at the car. Does the car have a lot of dings? Is, when's the last time it's had its oil changed? look at all of their insurances and and their driver's license is everything paid up to date is their driver's license expired do they even have valid car insurance so those are just some things to look at and and to observe for but really just having some conversations and i know nobody wants to do all this at christmas time because you haven't seen each other for a long time but that's again the value of a neutral third party person to lead these family meetings and say tell me what's going on, what's working well in the day, what's not, what are some of the challenges that you have? You can ask your parents that. But just like you said before, Karen, parents will cover for each other. They're cute and they're sneaky. (laughs) So it's helpful. (laughs) It's helpful. And they will cover for each other, right? Because they want to age in place at home. And if they, if, and a lot of them will think, well, if the kids catch wind that, you know, things aren't going tip top shape, then they're going to put us in a facility of some sort. And it's like, no, there's all sorts of different options before someone has to go and move into a care community But that said, especially for your Milwaukee area and down here too, home care is really struggling trying to find companions. So there's one home care company that I work with in, well, there's several, but one home care company that I work with in Milwaukee said they have 25 seniors on caseload that they can't serve because those seniors only want four or five hour shifts a few times a week. And the companions don't want those companions want 10 and 12 hour shifts because they make more money. That's the challenge that we have with the impact of COVID is there's a massive shortage. So now more than ever is when it's the most critical to have these family meetings, because now that you're probably going back to work, you're not going to be able to be a caregiver anymore. And for a lot of people, not being able to go to work was a saving grace because they were able to take care of mom and dad. But now what? What's the plan if you can't find care workers that are reliable and consistent or your parent doesn't have enough money to pay for it?
1: Thinking about what is the worst case scenario, nobody really wants to think about that, but what is the worst case scenario and what will you do if mom falls checking to make sure there's no rugs around and, and that they have a system in place and I find that most people really don't have a system in place. And if they do have a system in place, the parents don't follow it. Right. (laughs)
0: Right. And parents, it's easy for them to sit in front of the TV all day in the recliner. So they're not when when people say they want to age in place at home, it's it it can work out if you have a plan. But the problem is that they don't always eat the best because they eat whatever they can open easily. So that's potato chips and Twinkies because you don't have to cook that. Um, But they also don't get up and move around. I mean, if you if you put like a Fitbit on your loved one's wrist, you might be shocked at how little they're actually moving and that's part of taking care of yourself and being healthy and, and offsetting some of these issues that could, could arise. If you're not moving around, you're, you're going to get weaker. And what's the plan if you then have to go into a wheelchair and your house isn't wheelchair friendly or senior friendly, or what if you're sitting in soiled underwear or depends or pull-ups all day and your bottom is all broken down and you get, reoccurring urinary tract infections or typical with elderly people, they don't drink enough water. So they're dehydrated. And so they fall and they have skin issues.
1: You know, it's such an important thing for children of parents to do that, because it will, in the long run, help them hold their jobs down. If they have a plan in place, and they can talk to their employer about that plan, mom might call, but this is what we're going to do. It really does make a difference to be proactive. But sometimes it's really very hard. And you're um, able to work in all different states, and people can Mm -hmm. give you a call and reach out to you. And what do you do when they do give you a call? What is that process?
0: Yep. So we schedule a 30 minute consult, which you can do easily um, just via the website. Um, You can click a time that works for you and it'll be either Zoom or phone call. I get a background of what your situation is or an overview of what your situation is. Then I talk about what is a detailed aging plan look like? What are my services? We talk about what the grab-and-go binder is, the organizational tool to keep all of your documents organized and updated. Um, so then I talk about what the aging plan is and cover the cost. What is what is the fee for your particular family situation? Um, unfortunately, because families choose to wait or they don't get referred until they're in crisis, their family dynamics are a mess. Their care options are a mess. Um, and it's very complicated. So it, it gets more involved and complicated, the the more in crisis a family is versus proactive. So then what I do is I send them the engagement letter via DocuSign, the electronic platform, because again, my clients are in crisis and across the country. It's easy for them to click, 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 and yes, we're ready to move forward with services. Um, I have families prepay. So when they decide they want an aging plan package or hourly consulting, then they say, okay, this is what we want. I send them an invoice and we get scheduled usually within the next
1: couple, three days. What do you think is going to happen with healthcare, Annalie? I mean, oh. I know how do we how do we know? It's just a crystal ball, but, but do we do think- know.
0: I I when I got my masters I wrote my thesis on this in in 2010 the landscape of long-term care or healthcare and that was not including a pandemic so we know that we just we have all these baby boomers we know families are smaller than they've ever been before the days of having 8 10 12 kids are long gone so when families are smaller and they live across the country from each other the ability for these adult children to be actively involved in, and really aware of what's going on with their parents is is very small and that's why we so, see so much self neglect now you've got the pandemic on top of it required vaccinations with healthcare workers healthcare as we know it is is not ever going to be the same there's a worker shortage they're not paid well they're not treated well there's a lot of turnover and the problem is we have more volume We have more demand than we have ability for caregivers. That's why you see months of wait to be able to get into specialty doctors. It can take weeks to get even therapy to come to your house because they're so overbooked. Hmm. So stay well, stay healthy.
1: Stay well, stay healthy. Annalee has written a book. It's called The Invisible Patient. You can go online and get that at all of the different bookstores. You can get it on her website. And she is the president of CareWright Incorporated. She works all around the country. And um, we work with her with many of our clients. And it has been a saving grace. This whole pandemic issue the idea that so many of us were taking care of our parents as we ourselves are aging. And I've got so many clients that are in their 90s and their kids are in their 70s and Mm. people are living longer that I think when when you think about your parents, you also have to think about yourself and talk to your advisor and get an idea. If you have dementia within your family, if you have some of these issues that you know of, It may be an important thing for you to have long-term care and to have some additional resources to help you pay. And so many of my clients, I'll say, well, what do you want with the money that you have that you're going to pass to beneficiaries? They want to pass a legacy, a financial Mm -hmm. legacy. And so many of them can't because the money does get used up for health care. And these are all the types of questions that you can ask, that you can talk about, Bringing your team of advisors together is so important. We always say that people think only of leaving a legacy to their children as leaving a financial legacy. But one of the things we look at, too, is your health care. Um, all the people that you work with, when something happens to you, your kids are going to think that they're the best best advisors in the world. You want to make sure that's, that's really true. So, Anna Lee, what would you like to leave our listeners with today?
0: Develop an aging plan to discuss the what ifs. If you as a family aren't able to facilitate your own family meeting and, and know how to navigate healthcare options and aging and dementia, um, please reach out to me. I'm a resource for, for families all across the country to
1: at least make sure you're making informed decisions. And to get to your website, if you would, again, give us all that information it would be great. Yep, it's
0: www.carewriteinc.com. That's C A R E R I G H T I N C.com.
1: Annalie, it's been such a pleasure having you on the radio show again. And I just want to hope that you stay healthy and I stay healthy and all our listeners stay healthy. And that I hope that I've made a difference in your financial well being and have a great holiday season. Thank you. Bye.